Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. We are now at uh, what I would call the year of redemption. So if there's a message for this year, it's that. This is the year where you decide your destiny. You decide if you want to be redeemed or you want to go around the track again. Okay? There's nothing wrong with going around the track again. Most souls do it. Uh, the, the real question is if you decide to stay on the track, which stations you get off at and what kind of experiences you choose, what kind of lifetimes you're going to choose in the future. If you haven't chosen God in this life and liberation, then what are you going to choose in your destiny, uh, in your itinerary? Because that's what this is, you see. So. One question I think that people should consider this year is what do I have to do to be able to face life and death as bravely and nobly as possible and to live impeccably? And there's a reason for that. And the reason is that uh, the more impeccably you live, uh, the better your karma is going to be. But how do you live impeccably? Now remember, the Dharma represents the principles of moral goodness. That's what it is. If you live in accord with the Dharma, you are leading a morally good life. And the more perfect, the more impeccable that life is, then the better one's next birth is going to be. This is what the divine right of kings is really all about. So I'm getting to answer your question, but there's a lot of preliminaries before I can even approach the timeline, right? So here's a, a, uh, a syllogism that uh, Shiva gave me this morning, which is, I think is, it could be useful to you. The more clearly I think, the better choices I will make. Okay? That, that makes sense to everyone, correct? The better choices I make, the more clearly I will think. Right? So, these two are hand in glove. The more I open my heart, the better uh, will be the choices that the world offers to me, because the world is always uh, giving you back what you give to it. So the more uh, windows of opportunity of a higher type will open, the more you open your heart uh, and, uh, and act in the way that's, that the Dharma uh, principles uh, order us to do. 
And, and, and the better uh, the choices that I make, then the more clearly I will think. And the more clearly I think with an open heart, the more grace comes to eliminate any karmic obstacles that were in my path. Okay? So open heart, open mind, integrated, gives you the highest chances for liberation. It's the best strategy. If you want to know how to live, that's the Tao, which we'll talk about more later. But the, the question of whether you will open your heart completely and open your mind completely to the truth depends on the moral strength of your nature, you see. Because most people are in a level of their nature in which they cannot afford to open their heart completely because love is too much of a threat. It's too, too, one is too vulnerable for them at that level. And if they open their mind completely, they cannot bear the truths that they will have to know and have to deal with. So, you know, in most languages, the word conscientia, which means consciousness, also means conscience. But in English, stupidly, they made it two different words. So people think they can be conscious without having a conscience. Now that's called being a psychopath, of course. So you, you are free to have consciousness without a conscience, but only so long as that consciousness does not force itself into your mind and heart, okay? So when it is said that God comes at the end of time, God comes in the form of conscience, okay? Now, how many have ever suffered from a bad conscience? Yeah? It's bad, isn't it? What if it's really bad, right? You can imagine the kind of agony will hit the people who are now responsible for committing mass murder when their psychopathic shell breaks open and their consciousness awakens. Would you want to be in their shoes? You probably couldn't live. Even with the relatively minor sins that all of us have committed, we hardly want to know about them and can bear to think about them. We run away from them. And uh, we certainly don't want to feel the pain that we have caused to others and to ourselves through our stupidity and our greed and our selfishness and narcissism, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end, God will come as your conscience. That's the last judgment. It's your own conscience, but that is the nature of God. And this is why purification makes sense, because it hurts if you don't do it. That's what hell is. Hell is living with a bad conscience when it's too late to make amends. So, 
God has three basic titles in the Vedic lineage. Can you write these on the board so it'll save me getting up and down and uh, I can go a little faster. One of the titles of God is Dharma Raja. Dharma Raja. I mean, the Dharma is the law of goodness, the law of love, the law of moral strength and and uprightness and purity and goodness. And God is the Raja, the king, the ruler of Dharma. And so when the ruler of Dharma rules upon your case, uh, you will either feel the pain of a conscience that will feel like hell, or you will feel the bliss of God's uh, joy that you have followed the Dharma, you have reformed. Because in Kali Yuga, everyone's a sinner. But if you reform, if you uh, do what is necessary to let go of the evil traces in the ego's lower nature, then God has mercy, which is what the Muslims are concerned with making sure that that's the side of God that they get, the merciful. That's why they always start their prayers, Allah the merciful. I don't want Allah the one who strikes me down because I'm a sinner. I want the merciful Allah who forgives me because I'm doing my best and I'm overcoming my lower nature, right? So the second title of God is Trikal Darshi. And the third title, we'll put them both up there. Trikal Darshi. And the third one is Trilokinath. Tell me if you need spelling help. You need spelling help. On which one? Trilokinath. Well, you can check the second one in there. Trikal Darshi. Well done. Cool. Trilokinath. N-A-T-H. Wonderful. Good karma, you've earned merit. <laughs> so, what do these mean? Kal is time, right? Kali comes at the end of time. We're in Kali Yuga. But three Kal Darshi means God sees the three phases of time. And he doesn't just see them, but he uh, creates them, sustains them and eliminates them, right? Those are the three functions within the three phases of time. And to use Western terms, we would say the first phase of time is the creation. The second phase is the fall, right? Every religion knows we've fallen. And the third phase is redemption. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. 
For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.